What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined as always by David Lake. Long overdue episode of the podcast. It's been um, a little bit longer than we had wanted to, to, to drop an episode, but we, we kind of have some reasons for that. Uh, maybe eventually we'll get into them. Uh, but David, big news on Wednesday night. Miami picked up a commitment from Orlando Edgewater three-star linebacker Deshaun Troutman. I know you were asleep when it happened. It happened at like 1030 at night. Uh, But uh, Miami's recruiting class grows by one. We're going to get into that on this show. Um, Talk a little bit about Jared Williams, the the offensive tackle from Houston that that Miami's after. Um, And then we'll kind of go from there. So, David, how are you doing after uh, the holiday weekend? Doing well. It was nice to spend some time with the family, grill a little bit in the rain, uh, watch a little bit of golf and Bundesliga. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a good good weekend. And uh, how was yours? It was good. Um, I'm I'm really getting into the the, the Bundesliga German soccer <laughs> wagering options. But uh, it was wet. My backyard uh, got. I think I got like four inches of rain in one day. So yeah. it was not, it was not fun. And then my mom has been here uh, for the past week because she got labrum surgery. So oh, wow. uh, I've been dealing with that. Yeah. You know, just playing, playing multiple hats. Doing everything. Yeah. I should say. Um, so let's talk recruiting. This kind of happened all really fast. Um, on Monday, St. Thomas Aquinas, four-star linebacker, Jaden Hood, who was a big target for Miami. He announced the commitment to Michigan. Um, I wrote a little bit after that that I wouldn't be surprised if Miami made a move on Deshaun Troutman. And sure enough, by Wednesday night, he is verbally committed to the Hurricanes. Um, Troutman, not as highly ranked as Jaden Hood. But honestly, he might be a better scheme fit. And I I think, David, you you would agree with me just kind of based on how he moves. Like, don't get me wrong, like – um, at the end of the day, I think you take Hood over Troutman, but I don't think this is like a plan D or C. Like, I, I, it's a plan B, but it's a pretty dang good plan B, I think, if you ask me. Yeah, I think he's definitely a very nice take for this Miami style of defense. Um, you know, the, the first impression you, you have of Troutman when you, when you watch his highlight is just his body type. Yeah, he's a bit of a tweener. He's about six foot, six foot one, 200 pounds. Um, but when, when you watch him, the, the, the things that are obvious are he does have good speed for the position and he has a nose for the football. So he's a guy that averaged close to 10 tackles per game during his junior season. Uh, in his highlight, you can tell that he takes nice angles to the football, can work his way through traffic to find the ball carrier. Um, And and also too, he's very good at timing up his blitzes. He does like his high school film reminds me a lot of Mike Pinckney's high school film back in the day. Um, So yeah, I think, I think Deshaun is a very nice take. Is he a guy that's going to be super highly ranked? No, but I think, Again, he's a guy that you develop, and I don't say that as a bad thing. I, I'm not saying that he doesn't have talent because I think he does have talent, uh, but he does need to get stronger in David Feely's strength and conditioning program. 
And in two or three years, I think he's going to be in contention to be a, a starting linebacker at Miami. So, so a couple of things. Um, I, I love the Michael Pinkney comparison. Um, and I'll preface this by saying I have not seen Deshaun Troutman in person. I've heard the same thing. He, he's six foot one, 205 pounds. On tape, he looks a little bit smaller. And, and I watched a ton of his tape this morning. I actually watched um, a bunch of quarterbacks he played. I like their highlight tapes, specific games, just to kind of get a gauge. I mean, just to get more of a deep dive uh, and see if what my eyes were telling me on his highlight tape kind of aligned. And they did. Like, he's a guy who can drop back into coverage. Uh, I do agree he's a lot like Pinckney in terms of how aggressive he is when he blitzes, kind of coming on that edge. Like, he doesn't hesitate at all. He hits it uh, and he goes. And I'll say this, one person – uh, in Coral Gables told me, I, I said, what, do you think Michael Pinkney's a fair comparison? They said, yeah, but I honestly think Troutman might be a little more physical. So that I thought was an interesting nugget. Um, interesting. Another thing that I had kind of heard is would love to see this guy after David Feely works with him uh, for yeah. a few years. But in, in terms of scheme fit, like I think it's perfect. Like this is a guy, it's a tweener type. And, and as we move forward in, modern college football it's becoming more and more positionless so yeah maybe Troutman's a little bit more uh, of a coverage guy but you kind of need that these days just with all the the spread offenses and um, Miami's gonna have a striker on the field like I think Troutman you're not recruiting him to play striker but in certain situations he could essentially be a striker for you so uh, Florida State had also offered I know their staff was texting him over the weekend Kansas State offered on Wednesday um, probably would have been a guy if there was a spring evaluation period, more schools uh, would have offered. And the one thing we haven't even mentioned is Deshaun actually grew up in South Florida, um, played for Richmond Heights, uh, the, the, the park down here, uh, down in, in Miami-Dade, um, didn't move up to Orlando until he was in ninth grade. So now Miami has 14 commitments in the class of 2021. That group ranks inside the top 15 of – uh, the 24-7 sports composite, uh, 11 of them reside or, or play football in Miami-Dade or Broward County, and then two of them were actually born in the 305, Elijah Arroyo, the tight end, and Deshaun Troutman, uh, the linebacker. So they only have one kid that really doesn't have ties to South Florida committed, and that's Malik Curtis, who's over in Fort Myers, which is about a two-hour drive. So I thought that was a pretty interesting little uh, little nugget. That is cool. And, you know, when you see uh, recruits, you know, tweeting, congratulating uh, Troutman on his commitment to Miami, it seems like he's a guy that has, you know, friendships or connections with some of the targets Miami might be chasing in this class. Not that that necessarily means much, but I think it does, you know, it, it's nice for guys to be friends with guys that Miami's chasing, correct? Who, who are yeah. some of the guys? Yeah, from my understanding, he played um, in the parks with Brashard Smith, who is the, the speedy receiver, slot receiver out of Miami Palmetto. Uh, I, I believe, from what I've heard, also on that team were, were Corey Collier and Jason Marshall. I'm not sure about like Leonard Taylor, but uh, it seems like he's, he's connected and plugged in with the uh, Miami Palmetto crew. So I asked him, Deshaun, on the phone before he committed, like, are you going to recruit those guys? And he's like, I mean, he's a different type of kid. Like, he, he, he's not all about, like, the flashy social media. Um, it, yeah. it, I mean, he, like, worked 
during the quarantine on a potato farm up in Palatka. Like he's, he's not your, your typical recruit. So he told me, he's like, yeah, I mean, wherever they go, that'd be awesome. But I, but I am friends with him. So I don't think he's like going to per se be an ambassador of the class, but he seems to, to have some relationships um, with those guys. And uh, maybe that'll help down the line. Like I think Miami's going to try to play up that angle. Absolutely. Let's get back to like the big picture talk with, with uh, you know, Troutman and maybe how he fits Miami's plan for the defense moving forward. I think, you know, you touched on it. Like you nowadays you have to build a defense that can deal with spread offenses. And, you know, when you look at Miami's rivals in the coastal division, they're pretty much all going to be running spread offenses. Uh, Miami, you know, look at North Carolina, like they are, just straight up spread right now. Duke, David Cutcliffe, that's what they do. Uh, Virginia Tech, Justin Fuente. You know, Bronco Mendenhall at Virginia, they, they kind of do like a power uh, spread offense, which, you know, Miami's going to have to put their big boy pants on for those type of matchups. But I think when you look at the majority of the teams, Miami's playing in the ACC. You know, they play Florida State every year out of the Atlantic division, and Mike Norvell is definitely a spread guy. Um, you're going to have to have this type of personnel, these type of linebackers that can play in space. And, you know, look, does, is Troutman the type of linebacker that necessarily makes sense in the SEC where, yeah, they are going more spread, but they still rely on being super, super physical big uh, offensive lines. They still want to run downhill. And I think you could say the same about big 10 as well. Big 10 teams uh, in general. I'm not sure if Troutman necessarily makes sense for those teams in those conferences, but I think in the ACC and the coastal Troutman's a very strong take. And like I said, I think he's a very good scheme fit for Miami. Well, I think his skill set, if you're going to talk four or five years down the line is a lot more translatable to the NFL. Um, yes. Then maybe some of those, some of those other guys. Um, let's let's take a quick quick break. On the other side, we will jump into more recruiting notes and Jared Williams talk. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, David, we are back. So as of 11 a.m. Eastern time uh, Thursday, we have still not gotten word or an announcement on Jared Williams, the offensive tackle out of Houston, the graduate transfer. Uh, A lot of people thought he was going to make a decision over Memorial Day weekend, and it sounded like an announcement was going to come then. That obviously hasn't happened, um, which I think 
is making fans a lot a little little antsy. Everyone wants to know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think my takeaway, and look, you know much more what's going on with this than I do, but my takeaway is the longer this goes, the better it is for a team that's closer to his home in Baylor. Um, so basically, last we knew going into this past weekend was essentially it was Miami, Florida State, and Baylor. Um, and, you know, I think he's from, from just reading it from the outside, it seems like he's going, he's waffling between all three. Um, and I think Miami does have a real chance. But I think, again, this is just me reading between the lines. I think the longer this goes, you have to like the home, the closer to home team's chances, especially during this time of, of you know, the pandemic and whatnot. Is right. That a fair I read. No, I think that's a read. Uh, I mean, I wrote uh, on the site, I guess it was like last Thursday, so a week ago, that it seemed like Miami had felt Florida State was the biggest competition. But as the days have progressed and things have dragged out, it seems like Baylor is way more of a threat than the Seminoles. And you have to remember um, the Bears have – uh, Jared's former head coach on staff as a position coach and, and uh, Joey McGuire who, who coached him for a few seasons at um, I'm drawing a blank on, on the Cedar name. Hill, right? Yeah, C- Cedar Hill. I, I can't believe I did that because uh, when I was covering Notre Dame, there was, they, they signed a quarterback out of, out of Cedar Hill. Um, so I, I do agree. I mean, we'll see what's going to happen by the time some people are listening to this podcast honestly like a decision could be made uh, i just dropped some some vip notes uh, on the site inside you.com just kind of more on what i was hearing but the big thing is um it seems like most people feel that he's torn about his decision and hopefully at some point down the line i can kind of outline everything that i know has happened over the past week or so uh but i will say as of 1101 a.m. on Thursday morning Miami is still alive yeah and I think again my read look most of the time these transfers are making straight up business decisions so in this case with Jared Williams I think if he looks at Miami and Baylor from a business perspective you know Miami's going to offer him probably the best chance to win at a high level probably the best chance to develop as a player because of, you know, the defensive ends that he's going to be going up against every day in practice. He's also familiar with Derek King at quarterback. He knows what he can do in terms of elevating a team. And, you know, look, the opportunity to play at my, in Miami, in South Florida, in a pro city, Jared Williams has, you know, I think pro ability. I think he has a chance to be drafted in the NFL draft. And so, you know, that transition to playing and getting accustomed to being in a pro city, I think is somewhat valuable as well. Um, so that's kind of what Miami has to offer. Baylor also, you know, they're, they're a quality team as well this year. Um, but I think that the thing that they offer that Miami just can't really touch is the opportunity to be closer to home. And again, during this pandemic, so far, the trend is that recruits 
uh, and transfers, you know, we saw it with Isaiah Walker coming back to Miami from Florida, you know, just kind of want to be closer to home. So is Miami facing an uphill battle? Probably a little bit in my opinion. Um, but like you said, Miami's not out of it and, and we'll see how this thing goes. I do think if Miami is able to pull it off, you know, we'll probably do another podcast about this, but I do think it's a big deal. I think he could potentially be the left tackle for this, for this offensive line. Well, I guess, I guess we're in wait and wait and see mode like everyone else. Um, some other recruiting tidbits that came out of the weekend, Leonard Taylor, the five-star defensive tackle out of Miami Palmetto. He released a new top five out goes Georgia in goes Miami. And I think this is, this is certainly notable. Um, over the weekend, I did write uh, a VIP story just kind of about how Miami had conducted a Zoom call with Taylor and his mother. From what I heard, things went well. Um, people didn't believe me. And then the next day, Taylor had put Miami in his top five. So I still think Florida is the team to beat there, the team to watch. But Miami has made some or found some footing in, in that recruitment. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to winning games in, in year two under Manny Diaz. But um, I, I think if that happens, like they're going to have a chance at guys like Taylor, um, guys like Jason Marshall, who, who I also mentioned, James Williams, the kid at, at Fort Lauderdale, uh, or I should say American Heritage Plantation. Um, I, I, I guess, what do, you, what do you think of Leonard Taylor as a talent? I mean, we at 24-7 yeah. Sports have him at like ranked number one in the country uh, in terms of interior defensive linemen. He is a black belt in karate. He is extremely freaky athletic. Yeah, he's definitely impressive. You know, I've been doing this now for 13 or 14 years. And he reminds me a lot of Corey Legette, um, who... You know, it's been a while now since he was in high school, but similar kind of big bodied athlete at defensive tackle that's still going to grow into his body at the college age, brings a lot of athleticism. To me, they, they, he reminds me a lot of him. Um, so let me ask you, Andrew, what, what would you say Miami selling to him that's kind of resonating with him at this point? Oh, I mean, no one can take visits. The NCAA has made that pretty clear that no one's going to be able to visit anywhere this this spring or summer, just given what happened with COVID nineteen and, and all that. So I think the ability not to get out, to not get out on the road is helping Miami. And the other thing is, is Miami's trying to sell early playing time to him. And a lot of people think with Leonard Taylor, he's a kid who wants to see the field relatively early in his college career. I mean, he. He thinks he's a baller. He thinks he's an NFL type guy. And if you're that, you, you play early. And um, Florida, obviously, has sent plenty of defensive players to the league. But last cycle, they signed essentially four interior defensive linemen. Now, I know some of them are, are ends in that front. Um, but they did take Gervin Dexter, who is a five-star defensive tackle. Uh, and, and you think he's going ha- to have a year up on um, Leonard Taylor, meaning – you know, that's who you're going to have to play behind. And, and obviously on the defensive line, you can rotate, rotate guys in and out. But I think if you're Miami, what you're, what you're saying is, hey, man, we didn't take a true defensive tackle last year. We, we run a, a 4-3, and you have a chance to play early. Um, and I think that might kind of be hitting home to him, or he, he, he is starting to realize that. I also think Miami's 
defensive front is very, um, or, or should I say scheme, is attractive to defensive tackles. Like those guys make plays. Yeah. Look at look at what Gerald Willis or Gerald Willis did, and um, I mean, there's been others besides him. Go back to like Kendrick Norton and, and, and McIntosh. So, right. um, I I think that's the one angle Miami will definitely work. And look, they got to win games. But right, if you get to, you know, Miami, if they can get to eight, nine, nine wins late in in November, remember, no one can take visits this summer. The NCAA just announced that dead period is through July 31st. From what I heard, college coaches do not think that August will be opened up because colleges will be focused on their own spring camps uh, and then, or sorry, preseason camps. And then high schools are in the same boat. They're going to be getting ready for their seasons. No one's going to want to go on the road. Uh, So that means come late November, early December, right before that early signing period, everyone's going to have five official visits to use. And Miami is going to be a lot more attractive if they are eight, nine and zero, or eight and one or or something like that, which is realistic with the Eric King. Um, So that that, like, if you're Miami, that that's, I I mean, obviously they know they need to win, but it's shaping up where you're going to be able to make a run at some of these guys. Yeah. I think you can definitely see the vision at play for what Manny and the coaching staff has for this class. You know, right now they're sitting at what, I think 14 commitments, if they have that right. Um, You know, they're taking these guys that are foundational guys. The majority of them, they are talented, but they're probably more more developmental type guys um, that will need, you know, work in the strength and conditioning program, you know, can be future starters, but, you know, just more so guys that are good glue guys that are good to have in a class. And then they're going to bank on their success, potential success happening during the season to take some swings at these ultra talented players that, that you're talking about here in South Florida. And, you know, let's be real too. We've, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, how, you know, this pandemic situation probably is more of a positive than a negative for Miami on the recruiting trail because other schools can't get down here to recruit in person. Miami has long established relationships with a lot of these local guys. They know them, they've evaluated them. Um, And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this recruitment plays out, especially if Miami does have success on the field, because if they do have success on the field, this could be one of the best on paper recruiting classes Miami signed in a long time. And spots are going to be uh, very limited. I know there's yeah. already concerns about kind of the number situation, which has really become the theme of this podcast, like roster management. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very interesting. I mean, you know, they've been active in the transfer portal, so that's part of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my, my thing, yes, it does matter the details of, of spots and all that stuff. But I mean, ultimately I think the numbers always get figured out somehow. So if I was a fan, I wouldn't necessarily stress too much about the spots and all those issues. All right. Last thing I want to get into before we wrap up, this doesn't even have to do with recruiting, but I know you uh, ruffled some feathers. Uh-oh. You, <laughs> you wrote a story on, I guess it was Wednesday, of uh, Miami's five toughest games on the 2020 schedule. And we were, we were just talking about this. Um, should, I, should I read them in order or, or what? I, I guess 
yeah I'm i'll just go gonna, through it if you want yeah go through it because there's you made an interesting call on one of these games and it's got some people upset. So I ranked, you know, just a quick little article, Miami's toughest games on the 2020 schedule right now. So number one, I went with North Carolina. You know, they're, they're definitely going to be a, a preseason top 25 team. So I don't think that's worth arguing. Virginia Tech, I had number two. Uh, you know, they're a borderline, I think, top 25 team preseason. They probably do get ranked. And that game's going to be played at Lane Stadium. So the road game factor, I think, you know, another no-brainer at number two. Number three, I went Virginia. That game is also on the road, which makes that a tougher matchup. And, you know, look, they do have to replace quarterback Bryce Perkins, but they return the vast majority of their really strong defense that they had last year. So they will at least still have that strong defensive identity Number four, I went Pittsburgh. Um, you know, Pittsburgh returns a senior quarterback with plenty, plenty of experience as a starter. You know, is Kenny Pickett necessarily the, the best quarterback? No, but he, he does have some experience under his belt, and I think that is valuable. And look, Pittsburgh defense returns a ton of guys. Two, I think their defense is going to be really good. And then number five, I went with Michigan State. Why did I go with Michigan State? Really, the, the reason is because that is going to be the first road game on Miami's schedule as we know it right now. Um, and I think that can't be overlooked during this pandemic situation because I think road games are going to be tricky in terms of protocols and what teams are going to have to do to travel. I think it's going to be weird playing that first game away from Hard Rock Stadium, potentially in front of an empty crowd as well on the road. I just think it's weird. Also, I mean, Michigan State, you know, they're still a Power 5 team. They still have Power 5 talent. Um, so yeah, I threw them on that list for that reason. So you said I ruffled feathers. <laughs> Obviously, the fan base that was not happy with this list was the Florida State Seminole fan base. And I get it. You know, they don't like the messenger. I, I write for a Miami site, so they're going to be critical of this list. And look, I'll be transparent, too. You know, to me, the fifth or sixth spot, it could have gone Michigan State or Florida State. I went with Michigan State for those that road game reason. Do I think Florida State's roster is probably a little bit better than Michigan State's? Yes. Um, but, you know, that Florida State game's played at Hard Rock Stadium. And I'll say this, too, about Miami's matchup with Florida State. I think from Florida State's perspective, Miami is an extremely bad matchup for them because, you know, look, they still have huge, huge, huge question marks at offensive tackle. Um, and Miami's strength on their whole team is pass rush, edge rush, you know, between Greg Rousseau, Quincy Roche, I think Jalen Phillips is going to be very good this year. Um, you know, I think we saw last year the impact Miami's pass rush had on that game against Florida State up in Dote Campbell. Uh, Miami finished that game with nine sacks. Greg Rousseau had four sacks. And look, I don't think Florida State's quarterback situation is anything to write home about either. James Blackman, to me, is a guy that, you know, Willie Taggart 
picked DeAndre Francois over James Blackman one year. And then last season in 2019, you know, James Blackman started the year, but let's be real, he eventually lost the job to Alex Hornibrook. And when Willie Taggart's job was on the line, Willie Taggart turned to Alex Hornibrook instead of James Blackman. So how good is James Blackman really anyways? And also he's not exactly the most mobile guy. So it's still going to be somewhat of a statuesque type quarterback playing behind a bad offensive line. So I did not include Florida State in this top five. I got roasted and dragged on the Knowles 24-7 message board, which is fine. I get it. Um, but yeah, that, that was just, it was definitely, I guess, you know, and also look, it's the off season. So we all need something to write about from my perspective and then also complain about from an FSU fan base perspective. So I get it. No hard feelings to the Knowles. I just I needed to provide the opportunity for you to yeah kind of clear. What did you think? Do you disagree with my list? No, no, no. I I thought it was a good list. Um, look, man, uh, Miami pretty much handled Florida State last season, and I I don't know if Florida like what changes with Florida State's um, offensive line. They aren't. I mean, they brought in an FIU guy who I think is more of a guard than a tackle. I mean, you know, they're trying, but. I also, in general, like, I just don't see it with their roster. I don't think it's that great. But we'll see. We'll see how that plays out, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, I, Miami's pass rush is only getting better in, right. in my eyes. Um, last thing, or I guess we there's a special running over the next few days here. What, what yeah. are the details on that? Yeah, so 24-7 Sports is offering a great deal. Um, you know, this is the best deal they will offer during a year. So the deal is an annual subscription for 75% off the regular rate, which equals $26. So if you sign up for that deal, you get a year's worth of, you know, Andrew's great recruiting coverage. And then my list coverage that, um, you know, triggers the Florida state fan base that we all have fun with. Um, but yeah, anyways, 26 bucks. If you guys support this podcast or want to show support to this podcast, I'd encourage you to take advantage of this deal. The higher ups at 24 seven that come up with these deals say, you know, probably the next time that they offer this type of deal will not be until cyber Monday, you know, after Thanksgiving essentially. So Whew. Um, I think, you know, I, I personally think Miami's going to have a really fun year, you know, college football season. I think they can win a lot of games. We've talked about earlier how we think that could translate into recruiting at a high level. So I would jump in the boat now. I think exciting times are ahead and yeah, show love to the podcast. You guys do a great job doing that with, you know, your five-star reviews. We definitely like that. If you want to go to the next level on our coverage, then then jump on board and take advantage of this annual subscription deal. All right, guys, that will do it for the podcast. Maybe we will um, hop on here at, at some point over the weekend, but if not, we will be back uh, early next week. Take care, guys.